my name is Sheridan Ruth, and I am here to welcome you home. This is the Exposed Podcast. Where we reveal the body-based ways to ease anxiety, heal trauma, and create an empowered connection with love and money using nervous system regulation and a healthy dose of self-compassion. Today we are talking about what my partner really thinks about my alopecia. We're talking to my amazing partner, Andres. We've been together for five years and we're getting his honest opinion about what he really thinks about my hair loss. I have alopecia universalis, which means I have no hair at all. So we're going to ask some questions that you guys um, submitted to us and we're going to see what he really thinks. So if you are currently expanding into the version of yourself that can experience some of the stresses of life, such as hair loss or grief or trauma or just, you know, the really annoying things that our partners do sometimes, like leaving dirty dishes on the table, and expanding the person, the version of yourself that finds ease and humor and overflow and fun as you navigate these things, I would love to invite you to come on to www.sheridanruth.com forward slash expansion, where you're going to have an opportunity to sit down with me on Zoom for 30 minutes for free and receive my insight, advice, coaching, and support around your unique situation, whether that is your hair loss, your relationships, your finances, your chronic pain, whatever it is. Um, And we're going to explore exactly where you need to be investing your time and energy into working towards your, your dreams and your ease and figuring out whether or not my ease framework is the best fit for you right now. So before we get in, pause this, go down to the show notes, click on that link and book your free 30 minute expansion call. And then let's dive in. Hey, baby. Are you ready? Yep. (laughs) Okay, everybody listening. This is my wonderful partner, Andres. Um, And we're here to talk today about what he really thinks of my alopecia and the fact that I have no hair. Um, This actually reminds me. So last night, actually, we were talking about I'm losing my eyelashes again. And we'll talk to you about that. And babe, you said to me, you're like, you know what? Actually, can you say what you said to me? You know what I'm talking about. I was just like, can I tell you something? And you were like, yeah, what is it? And I was like, sometimes I just forget that you have alopecia because it's just become like such a common thing to me, like just such an everyday thing. And I just said it because I remember like we were talking just about random stuff and you were oh you we were pouring some um eye drops oh, and i yeah. noticed that your eyelashes were gone like the ones underneath your eye and at that moment i was like it's like i just forget i just forget that it's not um a common thing that that not everybody <laughs> has alopecia you know <laughs> yeah i forget too sometimes but yeah yeah so 
So today, um, this episode was inspired by an article that Andres and I wrote for um, Board Life magazine a little while ago. And the title of the article was The Unfiltered Truth, What My Man Really Thinks of My Alopecia. Now, we're not going to go over that article again, although you will find a little bit of it in the show notes and you can also buy the magazine and get it, which is super fun. What we are going to do is we're going to do a little bit of a Q&A on what my man really thinks of my alopecia. So I have taken 11 questions and I got them out of, I got them from you guys. You guys submitted these questions and I've chosen the 11 that have the more common themes. And so we're just going to, we're just going to go for it. So are you ready for me to ask you questions? Oh, I thought you were going to ask your man. Shut up. Okay. Whatever. Okay. First question. The first question is, <laughs> how did we meet? Do you want to tell the story? How did we meet? Do you want, you want me to tell a story? Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> no, I'm actually nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, if I say something wrong, I'll just edit it out. <laughs> um so we were at a wedding um I got hired to play at a wedding I'm a musician um and it was like a bit out of town not too far away not too close either it's like I went there with a couple of my friends who are also musicians and I don't know we were just like hanging out um just waiting for a turn to play and then um, the bride got there and the groom got there and like just, just like a bunch of people starting arriving and then we saw like a bunch of bridesmaids right just like um i i just saw like this girl and she was wearing like a short um dress she had amazing legs <laughs> she had a beautiful face and i just come back from australia like probably like two or three months um before i just arrived um in colombia not so long ago and i heard an australian accent and i was like hmm i like that <laughs> so like um there was one girl that was talking to me and i just kind of like talked to her back just so like she would introduce me to the rest of the group <laughs> and then she brought me to a table and i started um speaking to the australian girl and that turned out to be you we just had a yeah. conversation. Um, we talked for a while. I actually didn't know that you were into me. I remember that I was yeah. very into you, but I wasn't like, <laughs> I wasn't receiving <laughs> that same thing from you. Um, but it turned out you were into me. Yeah. That's how we met. Yeah. Can you tell them about, because I was wearing a wig. Can you tell them about what the driver said? The guy that uh, transported me. <laughs> that's so funny because like obviously like they my friends were like looking at me when I was like talking to you because obviously you were like the hottie at the party um so like they went um over to the driver that was driving and just to like figure out like where he'd picked you up and like where you guys were heading after and stuff like oh that. my god you guys are such stalkers <laughs> we were definitely 100 stalking you um so then I joined them like a bit later and they're like, yeah, he told us something that you might want to know. And I was like, really? <laughs> and so I like started talking to him and he goes like, yeah, like she's very pretty, but 
she wears a wig and i was like really he was like yeah she she has curly hair like her natural hair is curly and she wears a wig that's like straight hair and i was like okay sure i mean i don't mind that <laughs> and then it turned out you did wear a wig <laughs> but for a different reason yeah and so it's so funny because like i'm so unapologetic about me wearing a wig that like if it is uncomfortable i'll like kind of readjust it and like yeah that's so funny yeah so i don't know they thought it was a big deal but it actually isn't we'll get into that in a second um so here's the other question how long have we been together do you remember babe yeah we're about to turn five years yeah five right? years five years the yeah. 24th of february very good very good very good five All years right. it's been a long time <laughs> mm -hmm. okay here are the questions let's go in that's kind of like the preface the questions um mm -hmm. but let's dive into the questions okay the first one is and I think babe we can probably like answer them some of them we I might want to say something and, and you can say something and we can kind of figure out how we answer it together so the first one is did your partner educate themselves on alopecia slash treatments or was it mainly on you to explain to them if they did their own research, any resources he would recommend as someone who is trying to understand? My boyfriend doesn't know how to start researching and it can be exhausting for me to explain possible treatments and prognosis and put my feelings aside to be an unbiased source of info for him. Also, how does he express his feelings to you about it? Would love to hear his struggles as my boyfriend is taking it harder than me um I have a hard time comforting him when he is the one when I'm the one that needs to be comforted sometimes so I feel like we need to divide that in two and let's focus on the first so like did you educate yourself and yeah what's your thought around like doing research and educating and and that part of the question well the beginning of our relationship to an extent I kind of like avoided um approaching like treatment options and stuff like that a lot because we had always been kind of clear that um it was not something I could like decide for you or it wasn't even like a pleasant thing to talk about because you had already kind of embraced that you had lost your hair and you weren't getting it back anytime soon um but I did started like educating myself through your work um with the alopecia with the Australian alopecia Arietta foundation um so I, that would probably be my advice for him as well. Um, Cause you guys have done a great job of like simplifying information and just like making it very um, easy to access to. Um, mm. So just jump into the webpage and you, you, you guys can find like a bunch of very simple infographics. Um, I think that the least you want to do when you lose your hair is to sit there for seven hours reading about it. Like, and instead of that, you can just jump there and read the things that you've made for them, like the infographics you've made for them. Um, and and he can really just get a grasp of what um, alopecia really is and it really um, means and how it can affect somebody. And there's even like a bunch of infographics on how you can support and talk to somebody that has alopecia areata in a supportive way. Um, so just, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I did. Um, pretty much just through my own experience with you and then through all of the resources that the foundation has. Yeah. 
That's actually a really good point. They actually, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Um, I think that my take on like at least that part of the question is that I get it. It's exhausting. Uh, you don't really want to, to, you don't really want to educate somebody when you want them to be supporting you. And I think that something that was good for Andres and I was like, I was so clear, even when I was losing my eyebrows and eyelashes, I was really clear. And I was like, I don't want to have to explain to you all of the things I'm going to make a decision for myself. Or if I need to talk to you about this specific thing, I will. And I, I kind of just expected you to know things or figure it out by yourself. <laughs> like I never, ever said like, oh, I'm going to educate him. If he, if you said something, yeah, you just never, like there was never a time where I was like, oh, well, if you knew, like I just assumed that you would figure it out and that you would just emotionally support me. And I told you that I wanted emotional support and then it happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because to an extent, that's just how it has to be. Like, um, I think it's very normal for anybody to just want support. Um even if you're on the other end of the situation, like I wanted you to support me through my grief of you losing your hair. And like, that sounds like such a funny thing, but it's true. Sometimes yeah. you just want that. But at the end of the day, they've just got to be like two very, I don't know if separate, but definitely um, very personal processes. You have your own process. I have my process. And I think that the important thing is that um, you're just clear to your partner on how you want to play your role in that process and what you expect from them and just leave it at that. It's it's pretty much what you're saying. You gotta you gotta each figure a way to play um your own role in that process. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like what your grief was when I was losing? So just so everyone's really clear, when I met Andres, I had lost all of my hair on my head but I still have my eyelashes and my eyebrows. And a little bit after we were together less than a year, I started losing my eyebrows. And then a little bit after that, I had lost my eyelashes. Then I had regrowth and then I am losing my eyelashes again. And so, yeah. What has your experience been like with your feelings and your grief? Well, I think that the first thing was that I just couldn't really understand why you cared about one eyelash <laughs> when you had already lost all your head hair which is I mean now obviously I get it but back then I was like I mean yeah sure you lost an eyelash like to me I had already normalized that you had alopecia to an extent that was kind of like um how how's the word in English for that? Desensitized. Desensi you desensitized, yeah. I had desensitized. You know, I was like, to me, it was just the fact that I would wake up every morning and I would look at you and you didn't have any hair, and that was just like a thing. It was just a normal thing to me. It was the and I, I remember being annoyed at you about that because you like didn't really understand it. You're like, oh yeah, and I was like, no, this is a crisis. Like it's happened. I had a really, I was really upset, and I remember. I remember like I just knew that you didn't understand it and I felt really alone and then you kind of came around and we had another conversation about it and I was like oh no he seems to understand it now but there was like an initial like we didn't really match 
Yeah, because I just, I again, to me, it was just like, like, okay, like, sure, let's focus on that. Because, <laughs> like, I couldn't get really get my head around what that meant. I couldn't really understand that that was really a way to revive all the trauma that you had already gone through. You know, like, I, I couldn't just understand that it wasn't just you losing an eyebrow. It was you losing something that you have gotten used to have like that little thing that you got to keep of your body hair and it was yeah. going away, you know, and I just couldn't understand it until I kind of did. Um, and I remember we were at the, I think it was in our first or second apartment together when that happened. And I remember we had like a massive fight about it um, because I just couldn't understand, you know, I was just, I had desensitized about the situation, but then um, I think that what kind of brought me around and, and really helped me like help you was um, just kind of stop when I kind of just like stopped thinking what I would think if I was in your situation because you weren't me and I wasn't you, you know, like I would always be like, I mean, but if I was in that situation, I wouldn't care because I would have already lost all my hair. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking like that. And the moment that I stopped thinking like that and I was just like, she's communicating with me and she's saying very um, explicitly that she's sad about it, that's all that matters. You know, like that's, she's sad about it, then therefore it must mean something that I need to understand. And it was at that moment that I kind of had like the realization that maybe something else was going on and that was just like too, focusing too much on myself or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how it happened. and. My feelings around it were mostly of confusion, I remember. And I was obviously super sad because it was a very, very difficult thing for you to go through and I couldn't do anything to change it. You know, I felt kind of like powerless and just kind of like, yeah, just just kind of helpless as well. Like I I couldn't do anything to make you feel better. And there weren't any words or any actions that would like get you through it. Like the only thing that we could do was wait together, you know, like wait it out together and just see what, what was coming. But I remember it was a very difficult time in our relationship. Yeah. I think that like the best thing that you, you really can do is just like make your partner a cup of tea. Cause there's no words, you know, like there's, there's just no words. There's, and, and it's not because, like it's not because the person who's trying to support the person is bad at supporting. It's just that unless you've experienced the exact thing, like I'm just not going to care about, I don't care about what anyone else says unless they have experienced it because you're, you're, you just don't get it. Right. So there's just no words. Like you can be like, Oh yeah, it's really bad. I'm like, you've got no idea. <laughs> right. So I think that's true. Like just make them a cup of tea and wait and like, let them know that you're there. And like, yeah. So like what helped you move past the grief and the hard feelings? Did they just pass? Like, did you do anything? I think it was more like it, it came to a point where I just had to like get rid of my personal experience with it if that makes any sense i know that sounds kind of harsh but at, at some point you just gotta sever it because it's not about you you know like um 
I it, it had to come to a point where I couldn't take it personal anymore that I couldn't make you feel better because it wasn't about me. You know? Yeah. I just had to like make it clear to myself that I had to do whatever came to mind to make you feel better, regardless of what I was feeling, and just like push myself away for a little because I wasn't going through it. It was you, you know? And I think that decomp decompartmentalizing those things is usually the hardest because we're egg like ego driven all the time. <laughs> yeah. But like it, you, you just can't do it any other way. You gotta let yourself go for a minute. That that moment when you stand up and you go and make the cup of tea, you just gotta let go of yourself. Cause th that that moment when you go and you buy the box of chocolates, you just gotta let go of yourself and stop thinking if oh is she gonna smile when I give her this? Is she gonna feel better? Cause it's not about that anymore. It's just about doing whatever you can hoping for the best <laughs> just because you love her there you know like that's, that's oh the you're you so do. sweet oh, i'm so happy we have this recorded okay so we're gonna go from that really beautiful romantic oh i'm just swelling in my heart so sweet and i'm gonna ask you the next question um what do husbands really 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 feel inside and think when they see us bold and how do they cope with that too? I'm just going to remember you, remind you, babe, my mom is listening, going to listen to this. <laughs> okay. 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 Can, can you, can, can you ask the question again? Just like I can. Just push. What do, what do husbands really, really, really feel inside and think when they see us bold and how do they cope with feeling and thinking that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I don't, this might be my own particular approach to it because everybody's super different, but like me, like myself, I've always been attracted to like short haired girls, like super short haired girls, even like buzz cuts and stuff like that. Like I've been into, um, so it, it really wasn't as much of um, adapting. There's definitely a component to it, which is like, I mean, you're bald. Like, you know, it's 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 a fact. It's not something that I had never dated anybody that was bald in my life. Um, so there was a bit of an adjusting period, but for like silly things, like I was going to pull out your hair. <laughs> in situations you know just like little things little things you know um sorry about that <laughs> but like it's the truth like it, in just those very little moments where you kind of forget um but i didn't feel any anything particularly um strange about it i do remember that i had like a moment where I had a bit of a realization about you being bald and it was that you could wear different colored wigs. So <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like, but, but, but sometimes you did, you know, like at some point yeah. you did. Yeah. And it was just fun. It, it just became like a little fun thing in between us. It was like, a, I have a different shirt in every day and that's cool. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I didn't really go through like a, like a, oh my god she's bald that's strange and i think it's because i just liked short hair girls and boss cuts and to an extent it didn't seem like that big of a leap to me definitely take um definitely took um some getting used to but it wasn't like a bad thing yeah i also think it's because i've never 
made it like when I like when knowing you I didn't make it this whole thing like it's been hard with my eyelashes and eyebrows but I was never like insecure about it so it it just wasn't a thing and I didn't like give off that like insecure vibe do you know what I mean I do think that that has something to do with it um yeah because it's just when you're really secure in how you feel about yourself and how you go in the world people tend to be like okay cool <laughs> like it's not up for question you know um so I think that's helpful uh yeah so they they actually I guess the answer is like at least in husbands we can't speak for every single husband in the world but most like you're at least totally like you're really what are you really really thinking are you really really thinking that I'm pretty yeah obviously 100 percent. and yeah. I think I think that there's there's the thing he didn't fall in love with you because you had hair you know like yeah that's just I know it's difficult to get past it I mean I haven't experienced it myself but I've lived with Sheridan for years and years now so I am a bit closer to understanding what being bold is at some people. Um, so I, it's got to be very difficult for yourself to really believe this, but he didn't marry you because of your hair. Like you are not less attractive to him because you've lost your hair if he really loves you. And I don't think anybody marries somebody without truly loving them, you know? like. Okay, well, drama ensues because well, guess what the next question is? What's the next question? What can I do if my partner doesn't like how I look bald? You can't I do enough. <laughs> what do you think? I don't think it can do anything about that. Like, it's like saying, how do I make my partner like chocolate? Like, you don't. Yeah. And then the only thing that you can control is how you respond to that and how you feel about yourself being bold. And if you love yourself and uh, like, I don't know, guys, get creative. And like, the other thing is like, I don't know. I don't think it's that simple. Like, I, I personally don't think it's that simple. I think that if you love somebody and you've been attracted to them before losing your the hair, like there might be something else actually going on under the surface it's not because of the hair like there is something it's either the way that things have gone in the relationship or there's like a grief and there's lots of emotion or it's the way that you're showing up and like it's not just presence of hair versus lack of hair like there's something else there what do you think I think I think that you're right and I also think it can be possible that somebody just doesn't like the change like, because yeah. um, personal taste is just a thing, you know, like it's, it's truth and, and, and everybody, everybody likes, you know, different things. And what I do think about that is that if he truly loves you, then you guys can find ways of coping with that. And even in intimacy, you guys can figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, get creative. Have fun. Like yeah. if there's... There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with him. Have fun. Yeah, but I do also think that sometimes um, 
you might think that he doesn't like how you look bald and the reality might be that because you're bald you have been acting in a very different be all of the trauma of losing your hair can you has say been that changing again? how you talk to can him. you say that again what because it, it froze you might you can you start from where you said i had you might feel that he doesn't like you because you're bald and the reality is i didn't yeah so uh, you might think that he doesn't like you because you're bald or that he doesn't feel attracted to you anymore because you're bald now but the reality might be that you i don't know have been acting differently since you lost your hair and you've been having um attitudes or like um you've you've entered a different behavior because you are going through something very difficult you know it might not be that you're bald it might be that you're moody all the time and those things are very you know understandable but they're things that need to be talked about um, mm. I think I think there's a lot in it about what Sheridan was saying when she was saying that the way you behave and the way you show yourself to the world has a lot um, of impact on how the world interacts with you. And I think that if if you're going through something very difficult, obviously you're going to show yourself in different ways and maybe act in different ways. And maybe that's what he's not finding attractive um, anymore. But that, that could be another thing. Yeah. Yeah, but we love you. You're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's another one. My husband prefers the look, but he it's the stares and the fact that I don't feel pretty that are difficult for him. So like, how do you manage your partner not feeling pretty and the stares? Which is so funny because I don't really think people stare at me. They used to when I was more insecure about it, but now except for like maybe a child here and there, but oh my God, do you remember that girl that ran up to me and was like, you're the prettiest girl I've ever seen. That was fun. <laughs> that was very cute. Yeah. Yeah. That was really fun. Um, yeah. Well, how do you I, do it? I, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to say about that because Sheridan is probably one of the most narcissistic person I've ever known. <laughs> nah, but Sheridan, Sheridan has come to a place where she's very sure of who she is and how she looks. She knows she's pretty. Like, <laughs> So it's, I haven't had a lot of moments where she's like, oh, I'm ugly. I feel bad about this. So I, I wouldn't really know how to deal with that. The only moments that she's like gone there has been probably when she loses her eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just been a matter of, you know, really, really just sitting with her and just reaffirming how beautiful I find her because at the end of the day I can't do much more than that you know I can't change how she feels I can't make her feel better I can't um, get into her head and make her feel a different way all I can do is sit with her kiss her pretty face tell her how much I love her how pretty I find her and that's it I mean there, there's not like a trick or a book that is going to help you make her feel better you are the only thing that can kind of like soothe that like just just be honest yeah what about the stairs i don't know i kind of like when people stare at you because <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah she's fine <laughs> <laughs> nah like it's what you say at the beginning of our relationship they would stare a lot at you um but i think it was because you were kind of like 
projecting a bit of insecurity. And even then I really didn't mind because I I felt that as long as you and I were together, like that was all that mattered. They could like stare at us, they could say whatever they wanted to say they could express whatever they wanted to express and at the end of the day it wasn't going to get to us like we yeah. were the only two people that had to care about that and we were good you know we had solved it we had gone through it we were happy together so that's yeah what I think it's the security in yourself and being like, well, I'm prioritizing what's important and I know my story and I'm the expert on my life and so like if you want to look like okay kind of weird <laughs> like aren't you more interested in your life but cool whatever like it's just like feeling and I and think that's also just a part of like the grieving process and when you really allow yourself to be with it and to find your own answers stairs stop mattering and because they stop mattering they actually stop happening and you just have experiences like the one with the little girl a couple of weeks ago where she's like oh my god you're so beautiful <laughs> um yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Are we ready for the next one? Yep. Okay. I feel like we answered that one. Oh, here's a good one to go with. Have there been situations where he felt called to explain something or be defensive on my behalf? Hmm. Hmm. I don't think so. I don't no, think what anybody. What about the Uber? But that was me defending you. I think it was just. Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> just so like people That's are in closest. context. <laughs> That's the closest yeah. you've gotten, probably. Yeah, it was the closest. Um but it also wasn't ill-intentioned. So maybe that's why I didn't think about it straight away. But um, pretty much I was just like in an Uber. I was going, I think it was to like a rehearsal or something. I can't even remember. It's a couple of years ago. Um, and we were sitting in like this big, big traffic line. Like the cars just wouldn't move. Like driver and I were just like talking. And she was just like, Oh, like I was on my phone and she was like, oh, who's who's that girl? And I was like, oh, she's my girlfriend. And she was like, oh, she's so pretty. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, can you like, show me more pictures of her? And I was like, yeah, definitely. So I was just like showing her around. And I it came to a point um, on my gallery where I had a couple pictures of Sheridan um, without a wig. And she was like, oh, she's bold. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's got a lapis areata. Like she's, she's lost her hair. Um, she lost it since she was a kid. So like. It's, it's not a big deal um, for us anymore or something like that. And she goes like, oh, but like, don't you find it difficult to like find her like pretty or something like that? And I was like, no, like why? Like you you said it yourself. She's so pretty. Because when I she saw the first picture, she was like, oh, she's so pretty. Can I see more pictures of her? And I was like, you said it yourself. Like, she's so pretty. Like, why would I? I mean, hair or no hair. Like, she's got an amazing face. She's got a rocking body. Like, she's just she's just a hot person <laughs> yeah. you know but she didn't mean it in a bad way so that's why i don't like think of it as me coming to the fenty or something like that like it was just yeah because i also think like you i don't think you would ever see me as like somebody who needs to if we were ever in a situation and somebody ever said something i would say something <laughs> 
Yeah, Sheridan, she she wouldn't be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Probably What the would person you? saying stuff would need defending. <laughs> I don't know about me, but like, yeah, if somebody, what if somebody said something rude about bald people or something, like what would you do? I would obviously say something about it straight away. Like, I don't... I don't, it's just like, uh, also like, I feel like lately I haven't been so much in like circles with people that talk about other people's appearances and stuff. Like, I think that Yeah. lately we've been, um, you know, hanging out with a bunch of like just body positive people in general. Like nobody talks about anybody. So I can't see myself in a scenario like that. But if that were to happen, I would obviously say something. I feel like there has been a scenario where something has happened and you've like not stuck up for me but or at least like made a joke or, or somebody said something I'm like you and I have like kind of like just joked to each other and been like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like oh I yeah think wasn't wasn't that like after the concert after the gorillas concert oh yeah so that was like a situation where somebody was like made, made a joke and they were like oh like I'm so like ugly I could just pull my hair out oh they'll and then they're like oh at least you're not bald like your hair isn't that bad at least you're not bald and then we just like looked at each other and laughed and with the other friend of ours who knew that I was bald and we all just like laughed at each other and I just took my hair off and everyone went silent And it was funny because Sheridan was expecting people to just like, you know, like say something about it, but nobody could. They were like, <laughs> just like. tried to like continue the conversation and ignore it until one guy was like <laughs> oh hey Until one guy was like, oh, hey, <laughs> you look very pretty without hair. <laughs> that's what he said yeah yeah that's what he said he was like you look so pretty <laughs> yeah so that's funny yeah so it's just like never happened um yeah okay <laughs> we have a few more questions how did we tell your family remember Yeah. Did we tell my family? Did it just like come out walking bold one day or something like that? oh. <laughs> for some like, so uh, you have a big family you're Colombian you have a big family and for some of them it's been like I've been at home and like your uncle Can I just walks say that in I, I love that you mentioned that I'm Colombian? Like, just, like, really putting in that stereotype, just feeling like... <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It's really it big is family. true. It is true. <laughs> um, yeah, so for like one of your uncles, it was like he I was in the kitchen bald and he walked in. And I think for a lot of your aunts and uncles, it's been like that. They've Um just been like... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I remember it was really sweet. I I don't I think we told your mom. or something once and I don't know how we told her but we just mentioned it and just said I, I don't have hair this is a wig and then I it was one night and like we were staying with them and one night I took my hair off and we hadn't been together for very long but we were all staying together and one night I took my hair off and she came in to like give us some tea or something and I didn't put my hair back on when we opened the door and Like, I just remember, like, all she did was just go, she made that, like, really happy face. So she's like, oh, and she just, like, gave me a big kiss on my head. And 
that she was just like oh and gave me a big kiss in your head my head and like walked away and that's it like that's it's not it's not ever been like a big thing it's just like oh hey guys <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that probably one of your cousins or something has said to your uncle what happened to Sheridan <laughs> or something you know what I mean don't you think I don't think so I think that the only person that has been like what's going on here was my nephew you remember oh because he like would always see you with your wig um and then one day you just didn't have it yeah. and and he was like super confused he thought like you were somebody else he was like where's Sheridan <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's Sheridan he was like because like he was also like what like four years old he was four and he also got really I had to tell him that he wasn't gonna lose his hair because he got a little bit worried he came up to me and he kind of was like Sheridan does this mean I will lose my hair and I had to explain to him no that's not what that means but yeah we didn't yeah. really make a big deal out of it we we're just like hey <laughs> yeah I think yeah. yeah and also I think my mom I think she saw you I think she'd seen you before didn't she when we were in Spain and we went to the beach or was that after? That would have been the first time, I think. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's the thing where, like, if you make it a big deal, it'll be a big deal. If it's if you don't want it to be a big deal, just make it not a big deal. And my biggest thing is that it can be as simple as taking your shoes off or... Mm. And we had the whole thing with my eyebrows and my eyelashes and I just kind of talk to them like they know the vibe. Like, and I'm just like, I just talk to them as if they already knew everything and they're already on board. And yeah, I just assume that they know. And if they, it's worked so far, <laughs> it's been, yeah. Uh, okay. So there are two more questions left. Here's the last, the second last is a bit longer. I have a husband who naturally started losing his hair at age 30 and supported him by not making his hair a big deal and made him feel cherished, loved, attractive by sharing with him I liked his bald head. When my son was diagnosed with AU three years ago, I basically did the same thing. Do you think this approach is helpful? I looked directly in my son's eyes when I spoke to him, not directly at his head, even when I sometimes felt like that was difficult at first. Or do you think it's better to approach things more head on? I don't... I don't know, but maybe you could ex give your, like as a man, what do you think would be better for you? Well, I think that this is one of those scenarios where head on, it's pretty much the same, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that there's not a more straight way to approach it than just doing that, you know? Just being like, I think you still look very attractive. I think you're very handsome. Just like the things that you're already doing. I think that's the most head-on way to go about it. Um, I wouldn't want somebody just mentioning that I'm balding all of the time. I would want somebody that just takes it. And it's, it's, it's like saying, I don't know. Oh, your mustache is growing. Like you don't mention that. Like it's just like a thing, you know. Like so, if you don't talk about it, it doesn't mean that you're um, evading it or that you're trying to like not. Um, I I just don't know. I just feel that that you're doing what 
what what should be done. I don't think there's anything else to do about it. Just make them feel loved, make them feel cherished, make them feel safe, make them feel attractive. Um, and just don't mention it unless you have to, because there's no point to it. Nobody's going to tell you, oh, you got a new mole. Like, no, nobody cares about that. And it's the same thing. It should be the same thing with hair. It's just not a, you don't make it a big deal. If they're making a big deal, then you listen and you support them through it and you, you know, figure out ways to help them cope with it and get through with it. But if they're not mentioning then you're not mentioning it, it's not necessary. Yeah, I agree with that. I think what you're describing there actually sounds really beautiful. Looking them in the eyes, telling them like, that sounds really lovely because the worst thing is when somebody else freaks out because then it's like, you like as the person with hair loss you feel like you're supposed to be freaking out and then you're like well what are they really thinking and like this is whole thing and i think it's hard enough dealing with hair loss to have your spouse or like your family member change the way that they deal with you you like if the family member can stay as loving and caring and consistent as possible so like Andres says, unless they're making a big deal out of it, it's not a big deal. Yes, you have your grief process as a supporting, as somebody who's supporting, as a mother, as a partner, but it is the it is a massive deal if the person wants it to be a massive deal. It's not a big deal if they don't want it to be a big deal. Like they get to decide how big of a deal it is. And that will also change. Like we don't talk about my hair loss very often. It's not a big deal. But every now and again, there'll be a moment where I'll be like, it's a big deal today. And Andres will just be like, yeah, it is a big deal today. And he'll sit with me and just be like, okay, it's okay. Like it makes sense and comfort me and support me because in that moment, it was a big deal. Um, did and that that's the last line? Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> but like it hadn't happened in ages. In a really long time. Yeah. Um, in a really, like, really, really long time like years and so it's so funny because that conversation went from oh i totally forgot to oh it's a big deal, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so that's the thing do you have like anything to add oh i have two things actually this is one thing what is your advice for this person who wrote in and they said I have alopecia universalis and I can't get a date to save my life. This is a lonely disease. Glad you found someone to look past it. What would you say to that person? Mm, I'd say that you are the first person that needs to, you know, feel hot. Like if you are struggling with how you're looking nowadays it's very difficult that someone else is going to see beauty in you and i don't mean that in a bad way i don't mean it in a mean way because obviously it's not a simple thing um but the truth is i think that what i was attracted to the most about sheridan after i found out that she was bold was just the way she told me about it she we were just laying in bed and just talking and out of nowhere she was like and can she just gets talking tell them what, what you just did because if people are listening they can't see what you just did oh yeah true so she just like went and took her wig off 
and but she didn't even mention it we were just like i don't know we could be talking about bread you know what kind of bread you like oh i love garlic bread we come stuff yeah like sometimes i just think raisin bread could be better because like for toasting she just like kept talking and i was yeah. like and we were talking <laughs> about like, yeah. food actually <laughs> we were yeah, talking about goulash <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that um <laughs> So like, that's the thing, because she knew who she was and she knew that she wasn't a pretty person just because she had hair. Like she had already gotten to a point where she would look at herself in the mirror in the morning and be like, damn, I'm looking good. And like, if you get there, then I assure you, it's not it's not going to be that difficult to find a date. Like you're actually going to have to push some dates away, you know, like, because it, it just is what it is like. I know for a fact that Sheridan has a lot of people that would like to be with her. Um, lots of men that would, that find her very, you know, pretty and amazing because that's what she is, but she believes it. And then she goes out and does it and exists and creates a life in that way. And if you do the same, I assure you, you're going to just be in the same position because it's, it's not about, it's not about how you look. It's about how you feel about how you look, you know? If you feel that you look great and you just like do your own thing and you overcome it and you just make pieces with yourself, I assure you that it's going to be all right. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said that better. So that's exactly it. Exactly it. And it leads so well into the next and last question. And I, I chose these questions to be last because I think that they lead into something that I wasn't initially going to share but I can't not share it. And the last question is, what are some ways to keep yourself feeling sexy and feminine? And it really comes back to a lot of what we've been speaking about and what Andres just said. I believe vehemently, like so grounded and rooted in this belief that it's something that comes from within. It's a sense of self-confidence, self-assuredness. It's an energy. It's an attraction. It's it's you radiating something that is magnetic. And I have contemplated this at large. And I've worked with dozens of women now on the same topic of how do I feel sexy when I don't have any control over what my hair is doing. And it all comes back to the things we've touched on today, which is, what are you doing with your emotions? So like you have to ride that wave of grief. You have to process all of your emotions and you have to feel confident in your ability to process your emotions. You get to feel angry about it. You get to feel sad about it. You get to feel hopeless. Feeling those emotions doesn't mean that you're not attractive, but sometimes we're like, oh, I feel so hopeless and our mind starts to play tricks on us and it invents the story that we're not attractive. But if we're able to just be with the emotion, then it doesn't our brain doesn't feel the necessity to invent the story because we've processed the energy that's propelling the story so it's like can you be with your emotions not just talk about them not just write about them not just think about them be with them in your body and process them and the other so i do that and the other is beliefs so look at like where did we learn body sexy and feminine did we like and who benefits from those beliefs most of the time it's somebody trying to sell you Botox or like hair, what are those things, extensions? Like these are the 
The consumer society tells us what is sexy and feminine. But if we look at the history, what is sexy and feminine has changed. Every single decade it changes. Every single five years it changes. So what does that tell me? That there's no universal sexy and feminine. It is what you decide is sexy and feminine in that moment. Because in the 1920s it was something, in the 2000s it was something, and now that we're later on it's something else. So you decide that. So why wouldn't you decide and find evidence that it's something you can control, like your energy, your personality, your level of self-belief, you and you also get to decide what feminine is for you feminine isn't long hair a slim waist and high heels feminine is also confidence it's also it's also like it, it could be soft and seductress it could be strong and strict it could be wrapped in rose petals or wrapped in leather like you get to decide what feminine is. So decide what it is for you and do more of that. And that's it. That's it's that's the process. But you have to you have to come back and you have to repeat it. And most of all, you have to embody it. So what I've decided to do, inspired by this, these questions, something that I haven't done literally years now, I'm gonna reopen up my embodied confidence and sexy feminine unstoppable masterclasses. These are masterclasses I ran back when I was more actively doing hair loss coaching. And people have described them as better than therapy and the best thing that I've ever done for my hair loss. And they're really, really amazing. They will change your life. I'm going to bundle them up before I share this episode, and I'm going to share the link below so that you can purchase them. The other option for you is to inquire about one-on-one coaching if you're moving through a lot of this hair loss stuff. I have a program called Acceptance and Confidence Ascension. It is a holistic approach to accepting your hair loss and feeling sexy and confident with or without hair. I would love to guide you through it. Um, So yeah, these are your options. Have a look down below. But most of all, I want you guys to all know you are not lovable, even though you have hair loss, you're lovable. And you also happen to have hair loss. That's it. Anything else you want to add before we hop off and Jess? No, I think I think we've said pretty much everything that has to be said about it. Um, yeah, I don't. I miss you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Oh my god, we just. Oh, <laughs> I'll see you in the kitchen in two seconds, so we can have dinner. Okay, makes sense. Okay, bye. <laughs> a big and special thanks to Upturned for composing this magical piece of music and to GS Studios for mixing it. To find Upturn's other tracks or ask for your own special custom piece of music, go say hello using their contact details in the show notes.